Today we're going to take a look at a report from Headset on vape pens, one of the more exciting product categories in cannabis. So across Headset's report categories, vape pens represented the second and third most popular category in Canada and the U.S. respectively. Despite the category's large consumer base, Gen Z consumers are likely going to play the biggest role in the trajectory of the already established product category, especially as they continue to mature into the market. So in the following report, we're going to examine category growth popular products and demographic trends among vape pen products in both Canada and the U.S. markets coming up. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. So Canada is pretty much dominating the flower and pre-roll vape pen markets. They are federally legal, so that helps. But vape pens had you know a little bit um, of a delay for the 2.0 rollout that they had. 1.0 was kind of like flower pre-rolls and then everything else uh, pretty much after that. So um, those three things, flower, pre-roll, vape pens up in Canada, making it up around almost 85% of sales last year. Um, vape pens represent the third largest category, capturing a 17% market share last year and distant third, uh, to flower and pre-rolls, um, though a strong third compared to, uh, the fourth market of, of edibles at 5.9%. The U S is a little bit less concentrated, 76% of the total sales coming from the top three pro- product categories, vape pens, second most popular at 23% behind flower at 40 and ahead of pre-rolls at 12%. So our neighbors to the North have vape pens, um, that are popular, um, Saskatchewan are the most popular, probably fairly conservative in that small little province, but capturing nonetheless 23.5% of total sales in 2022. So vape pens at 57% is higher than the 15% of total sales captured in BC uh, with the lowest share. Um, BC is really, I mean, the whole West Coast is pretty well known for flour from Alaska all the way down to to um, California. So it's not really a surprise. Even, even uh, Mexican brickweed is pretty famous. <laughs> if we look at the US, uh, Illinois is capturing the highest market share of vape pens with 27% of total US sales, followed by Florida and then California. The lowest of vape pens is Michigan, um, Massachusetts, and Oregon. Um, Oregon, Oregon's got some, some really good flour. I think some of the best flour TJ's organics, if you guys haven't been to TJ's, they have a store on Powell, probably one of my favorites, um, you know, adult use, uh, stores and uh, brands in all of the world right now. <laughs> so when you look at big pen sales growth, you can see across most markets, there's been a healthy category growth between, uh, 2021 and 2022, and then the Canadian market markets capturing four of the five top spots year over year category growth. And, uh, and in the emerging U.S. markets like Michigan, Massachusetts, Illinois, they're not far behind that. But limited view of growth of the categories, popularity. So the metric largely kind of reflects the macro market sales growth trends. But growing U.S. emerging markets and Canadian markets have grown steadily, while U.S. markets like Colorado, Washington, Nevada, Oregon, California have struggled. It's important to note that all markets except Oregon and Maryland have some positive vape pen sales growth. So even struggling markets like Nevada and Colorado and Washington have found um, a little bit of a, a growth in that category. Again, I think because of convenience, it's a 
pretty easy to to grab and take and go. So when we look at the growth of vape pens in the U.S. and Canada, we can see that it's growing. However, that category growth in Canada hasn't been linear. So the category is growing, but somewhat slowly. In the U.S., on the other hand, it's showing that the consistent growth in category market share over the last two years, we've got new states rolling on board. So it's not really comparing apples to apples, whereas federally legal and then kind of growth by growth. And as people consume more, they're probably going to go to more convenience, which is vape pens on the go. I know people that that smoke joints in the car. I don't. If if I'm out and about, it's all about the vape pen, even though I don't really prefer that at all. Uh, flowers my go-to, but pretty much only if I'm at a spot or at my house. When I travel around, vape pens are the way to go. So we can see that the U.S. legacy markets, like where I'm at in Washington, there's little to no growth with overall sales. Um, so those markets are showing the highest growth in the category markets. Colorado, 27%. Nevada, 24%. Washington, 22%. Oregon, 17%. But Canadian or newer U.S. markets like Illinois and Ontario, smaller increases in, in that I would have assumed that the more conservative, the higher the vape pen sales. Maybe it's just about maturity, though. So as people kind of figure, oh, flour is the only thing that I know about. And then I learn about these other products. And then, oh, that's more convenient. I'm going to definitely go after that. So maybe with more time in these new emerging markets, you'll see that transition. Uh, maybe it's just the brand suck. Maybe there's vape gate fears. I'm not really sure. We'll have to see how that irons out. Only Michigan saw year-over-year -year decrease in vape pen market share falling from 21 to 20. I mean, that's, that's nothing. That's just people finding other products, I think. So with popularity increasing in Canada, they're seeing more brands increasing as well. When we look at 2021 to 2022, that brand count increased by almost 85%. And then grew by an additional 55% over the following year. So in 2023, vape pens and ancillary brand counts are likely to continue that growth. Uh, although it's going to be a lower rate, there's going to be similar brands. We've talked about um, you know, this with uh, Washington 1700 SKUs. And a lot of that comes from you know top 10 brands. So they'll have a bunch of different brands underneath them to target soccer moms or um, whoever. Canada, although federally legal, has slow rollouts with stores. BC being kind of that that big one that's been really slow to um, to kind of let go of of the legacy markets. So with that product growth in Canada kind of steadily coming up uh, with an eighty nine percent increase over the last two years, um, brand growth seems to be leveling off. So they've probably tried to figure out how to uh, attract new clients and um, go after the soccer moms and whoever else, but new launches probably won't happen now, especially with the economy, the way that it is, you'll see a lot more mergers and probably um, less brand rollouts. So over the last two years, you can see um, US markets slowly increasing the amount of distinct vape pen products sold each month after being nearly flat since uh, the start of 2022 product count peaked in July and then saw a 13.5% decrease just this last December. That downward trend likely to continue this year at its peak. California sold 6,000 products per month. That's like distinct, unique uh, vape pen products per month. 6,000 is a lot. 
And then we'll see the market kind of continue to tighten uh, consolidation, um, you know, uh, Price compression, all, all of that is going to continue into, into this year. Looking at what's selling, uh, we'll get into disposable vape pens at the end, I believe. But the number of vape pen segments in both the U.S. and Canada for cartridges have long been the standards for, for vape pens, representing 93% up in Canada. Um, and then cartridges are the most popular in the U.S. as well, 85%. In terms of sizes, both countries prefer the one gram. That's capturing about 70%. And then I'm assuming the rest of it is probably a half gram. How much are they selling for, though? If we look at the average item price across all markets in Canada, uh, um, prices are falling at a slower rate. So if we look at during the 2021 year, the equalized volume price, also known as the price per gram, that fell by 35%. So one gram on average was $47. Then in 2022, price continued to fall at 15%. And then now that price is 38 bucks per gram. That's probably a little bit more than I pay for top shelf for one gram, maybe $40 between Oregon and Washington without a discount. I'll wait for 30% off on top of that. But the everyday base rate is probably 50, 50, maybe $60 tops for one gram and then knock a third off of that. In the U.S. markets are seeing the opposite trend. Prices dropped 10% uh, in 2021 relative to the rest of the market. And then last year, drastic 24% drop. That's going to continue to this year. Like I mentioned before, $10 for uh, a one gram cart. I don't know what's in there. I wouldn't probably smoke that, but um, it's out there. So comparing uh, proportion of market sales in Canada by demographic group, um, to the proportion of vape pen sales attributed to the demographic group, we can kind of see uh, on this graph how that compares in value. So if the index for a demographic group is greater, blah, 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 blah. In Canada, Gen Z shows the strongest preference towards the vape pen category, up 30%. Um, already known to attract uh, the nicotine pens, but the preference for cannabis vape pens um, likely due to the familiarity with it and um, coming of age and decrease in price. Also, U.S. markets, um, there's a trend towards younger generations, and that concentration is kind of spreading out a little bit more across other demographic groups. Uh, millennials, the largest consumer group for cannabis, is showing a greater preference to that category than their Canadian counterparts, but together, Gen Z and millennials make up 63% of all cannabis sales and 70% of all vape pen sales. Vape pens are definitely more popular than concentrates. I would have thought dabs would be the second largest behind flower. It's not. You're seeing flower and then kind of a tie between pre-rolls and vape pens, depending what I thought was more of um, a conservative area or not. Maybe it's on price, maybe it's on brand, maybe it's a lot of different things. But uh, ultimately, we're seeing that vape pens are established as this kind of consistent and growing category. So even in a tough macroeconomic climate, we're going to see total sales, market share, brand count all growing across these markets, new and existing. But market-wide pricing compression is also driving vape pen prices to new lows. So this category is vastly preferred by a younger audience and reusable carts are the most dominant segment 
on that market. So let's dive into what some of the disposables look like. According to BDS Analytics, disposable vapes make up about 26% of sales uh, as of last year, and that's definitely going to be rising. I know that when I travel, sometimes that's the only option for like Stizzy or some of these other products to get some of those. But vape pen consumers, we kind of went into that, um, how... 43% of inhalable consumers in adult states have consumed vapes in the last six months. 22% of inhalable consumers cite them as their preferred method. And top reasonings was um, portability and convenience, discreteness, and then taste or flavor. So it's probably terpenes, hopefully natural. Um, disposable. There's a segment that's seeing significant growth. And when you look at um, distillate or hopefully some, some FECO, full, full extract cannabis oil, um, they're making 55% of disposable vapes in 2023 oil disposable made up 25% live resin made up only 17%. That's surprising that live resin, live rosin made up two rosin disposables made up 2% and, uh, RSO was less than one. That's really surprising. I would have thought that when I, when I was in Canada, 2019, 2020, sales of live rosin carts were up over 400% year over year. There was a perceived health um, benefit of live uh, resin or live rosin. Um, and maybe there's better terpene profiles too. So I don't know. I'm kind of surprised it's that low. Uh, pricing with disposables that's dropping with everything else and um, fell between uh, 6% between last year uh, when you compare that to 17% of, of the drop for other category prices. And so when you look at RSO, it's about $41. Second highest price disposable was rosin at 37, followed by oil disposables at 29, then live resin at 28, and distillate at $24. Uh, disposable vape purchase trends. Um, when we look at average basket size with disposable vapes, $41 with a basket penetration of only 8%. So eight out of 100 purchases has a disposable in it. It's not a lot. So vape pens in the U.S. forecasted to grow at $10.5 billion by 2027. And then disposable vapes undoubtedly is going to hold some portion of that. <laughs> of course, they're going to have something. Uh, but success of disposable vapes um, based on this data is going to um, depend. <laughs> so if you're going to want to know more, come back to the Talking Hedge and find out. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season 1 of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.